Hey, hi there. Hello. Today is a fantastic day. Actually, April, all of April has been fantastic. Um, I just killed Sensitive Ponytail Man. Um, and it just feels good. And I had one of those magic moments. Went for a jog this morning um, with my girlfriend along the, the river in Kamloops. And I was just listening to music and everything just like clicked and felt magic. Um, so I hope everyone who's listening is feeling the magic as well. It, things just are flowing and I just feel like a new person. And on top of that, those K2s with the Celtics, super fun. Um, I hope Todd can come up soon and we can do some tricks, weird stuff. Um, I actually wrote out a list of stuff that I want to talk about for tonight's episode, which I think is 18, um, which is exciting. We're almost at 20 already. If you've listened to all of them, Wow, congratulations. Good job. Um, there's this place in Kamloops called The Art We Are, and it used to be above... Um, it's like on the main street, Victoria Street, which isn't much of a main street at all, in the Lonely Planet for when they talk about Kamloops. I always joke about how they call the downtown area relatively vibrant um if anybody uses relatively before anything um i never find that a, a, a good thing to say uh yeah i en i enjoyed your company it was relatively interesting so anyways <clears throat> downtown Kenelms is getting there anyways there's this place called are we are that was above um kind of like the boston pizza area area on the main strip but it was excuse me it was really hard to know what was there like they had a sandwich board and it said the are we are but a lot of people didn't know what it was and it was this cool upstairs space where you could get tea or coffee and um it was really cool because it had all art by local artists whether it's good or not is another story because that's all relative but it's all local art stuff um and it feels like you're hanging out in like someone's apartment building it's all like mixed furniture and stuff it just has a really cool feel and so they opened up a they changed locations and they're like right beside this uh kelly o'brien's this restaurant that people go to eat pachos which are these great cross-section cross-cut fries with seasoning and lots of cheese and chives and there's this really good yellow dip if you haven't had pachos before definitely have some so they open up this new location that is a lot more visible and it's big and um i've i hung out there last night and i actually went there again today because it's so amazing i mean people that live in bigger cities have tons of cool coffee shops and places to go and hang out but this is a big thing for Kamloops and one thing that's really cool about this is it's super busy apparently and that there was I was talking to the owner today and she said that like there was literally hundreds of people who saw the sandwich board but 
they just didn't want to go look at what it was. And I don't know, I guess that says a lot about, you know, if you're curious, why don't you just go check something out? But anyways, good for RVR. Um, if you're in Kamloops, go hang out there. It's just a great space. It's still got that, like, you're just hanging out in someone's cool apartment or something. And it, I don't know, creativity flourishes there. If you have spots like that in your city, definitely you should find, or if you haven't found a spot like that, do find a spot like that. I love, I don't know, sitting down, listening to music, writing stuff down. Um, and I've gone way off topic, but on top of that, if you haven't started a journal or a notebook of any kind, it can be as simple as like writing down funny stuff that someone says, or um, you can even do it in your iPhone. There's the notes and there's a dictation, which would probably look weird, but start recording stuff that you're like, oh man, I should, I should write that down or, or even just like writing down to-do lists every couple days. I've been doing like writing stuff all different kinds like it depends on the notebook but I'm telling you it feels so damn good to go to an art store or like a Michaels what it Michaels the art store I think that's what Matt said in the last episode and get like a nice notebook and some nice pens it's so cheap and so awesome like Almost everyone has an iPod or a music source, and then you just buy like a notebook and pens, and it's so exciting, just writing shit down. And then if you have an awesome place to go, oh god, it really sometimes just beats. The internet is awesome, but I'm telling you, like, your own ideas and things. Oh, so that's where I was yesterday, writing down all of these, uh, the topics for the show. And I wanted to open up with something that kind of relates to what I was talking about in the last episode about how I feel that just rollerblading isn't really there yet. It's still super young. Um, There's obviously been some amazing phases, many of which Todd said an interesting thing. We think rollerblading obviously has progressed or whatever, but I mean... There was so much amazing skating from, like, 1998 until, like, I don't know, middle 2000s. Like, there is so much legendary stuff that happened that's going to fall by the way. I mean, it's not going to fall by the wayside, but um, we often forget how much amazing stuff has been done. I don't have anything written down or whatever, but... um, I mean, he talked about Aaron Feinberg. That's a really good example. If you watch his Solomon sections or his word sections or whatever, I don't know. I just love the variety. of. He did just amazing stuff. That's a different thing. Anyways, what I wanted to talk about is that rollerblading's not that interesting. Sorry if you disagree with me. I mean, I like doing creative skating, and I don't even consider myself that much of a creative skater at all. I don't think I've even scratched like uh, 2% of what's possible on rollerblades. We're so stuck in in watching videos and looking back at our history that, I mean, I don't think people really care to watch rollerblading. 
if it was on TV, like let's just say Volo for Life, there was a channel on television that aired Volo for Life 24-7. Would people really want to start rollerblading? Does it really look like that much fun? I don't know. I don't think it does. That's just me, though. And it's nothing against that video. It's an amazing piece of work. The skating's fantastic. But there's just something about rollerblading where it's not that interesting to me. It really takes a lot for for me to like peek up and say, yeah, that makes me want to skate. And sometimes people say that's oh, you're older and, um, you know, you look back and think that things were better before. There was something different. I don't know if it's something to do with the internet and we're consuming more media which influence us, influences us more. And, and at the same time, there's amazing stuff. Like, there are inspiring people that I love their skating. There's just something about rollerblading that's not that interesting. I just find myself getting more inspired from all sorts of different sources that have nothing to do with rollerblading. And rollerblading can surprise me from time to time, but a lot of the time, I just don't care. I mean, it's really, um, I don't get surprised, really, at all. Um, what do I have right now here? It's, it, for me, personally, it's tame and safe and sometimes boring, and a lot of the times, very predictable. Very predictable. I want to see something that is, like, throws me so, like, throws me so sideways. Something that comes out of left field that is, like, a rollerblading video that is just so ridiculous, and and I, and I'm blown away, and I can't stop watching it because I can't believe that, that it would be, like, are these people, do they even know the history of rollerblading or have they watched any videos? I would love to see something that it looked looked like it came from another planet where people used rollerblades in a way that like, oh, oh, rollerblades, yeah, what can we do with these? Like, there's so much weird stuff you can do on skates. I don't know. That's the most exciting thing to, for me still, though. Rollerblading is there's a lot of, um, for better or for worse, ridiculous stuff you can do on them. And it has such a long way to go before it um, really becomes that interesting, diverse, unique thing. And maybe it won't. Whatever. That's just, that was like the first thing I had written down here. Um, and I swear that it was more interesting it could have been that the the way it was being portrayed in videos and the skate technology making tricks look more distinct or something. Um, it it seems like it's definitely getting it's diverse and everything, but it still seems to be fitting trying to fit into this one uh, bubble or road or I don't know what the hell you call it, but it's like been going on this one trajectory for so long and it still surprises me that someone like I know I utter his name and people might groan but Matthew Ledoux is a really good example of why isn't he okay Haffy is obviously really good 
I don't doubt that at all. His 360 in drip drop when he jumps on the picnic table and then hits the the picnic table like 360s over the road into the bank. That is fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite street tricks ever. But um there's something about like Matthew Ledoux's skating that if there's other people like him but they haven't found themselves yet. Mm, maybe I'm just getting too ridiculous. Probably not. Um, I talked about it on the last show, but there's so many talented people that um, still try and... I just wish they would break out of the box a little bit more and, um, I don't know, surprise me. Surprise me. I want to be surprised. And if not... That's fine, too, because I have so much fun um, trying to attempt to, to come up with new ways to use skates or adding, adding old combinations of things together. Um, so, what can you do, hey? Really, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving boring, boring rollerblading power by talking about it. But that was just the first thing I wrote down. I just wrote down, rollerblading isn't interesting. Makes me think of a funny story. I was, like, young, so this would have been Hoax 3 era, 1996 or something, and it was, like, when people were doing, <laughs> in the middle of, like, doing a line in uh, Hoax 3, people would, like, turn backwards and do, like, solos, and they would grab them, or, like, mono rolls, grab them. Todd talked about it in the grab episode. It looked stupid it really looked stupid and on top of that we weren't that good at rollerblading like we would watch these videos and just believe believe in the deepest part of us that like doing a grabbed solo was amazing because we saw it in a video and i was at the old Kamloops skate park which i skate there a lot um because like i said it feels like a street spot or it's got this cool meditative feel and it's by a dog park. It's just, it's a terrible skate park in many people's minds, but it's just so fun to skate. I always come up with new stuff to do there and it really challenges your your mind. Um, so I was there with a bunch, like the dorky, uh, we were all, you know, we had our, our baggy, big baggy pants and we were all uh, scared like, um, we were in, you know, the wolves' den, and we were a bunch of uh, things that were gonna get fucking ripped apart. Like we just looked nerdy to begin with. Like I'm sure even our body language. We're in this skate park, and it's just crowded at the time. Which in 19, we're like in the golden years of skateboarding. So we already looked bad or whatever. And I clearly remember. Um, I like, I'm like, okay, yeah, gotta do something, gotta do something. I don't even think any of us would have done anything remotely impressive. If anything, we were making rollerblading look worse by even just standing there doing a trick. We were setting ourselves uh, up for um, a lot of work over the next, I don't know, five to ten years to, <laughs> to, to gain some form of respect. Because not only did we look bad, when we did tricks, they looked really bad. 
Like, I... And I never could see this for the longest time. We just looked... Rollerblading looked bad. We looked bad. The tricks looked bad. But, I mean, we believed in that shit. And I still do, but I'm glad that I have some uh, hindsight (laughs) from a perspective of a skateboarder that's, like, watching fucking... Um, whoa, like video days and mouse and whatever the hell else. Like, there was an energy in skateboarding at that time that no wonder rollerblading looked bad. Like, we just looked bad. Um, so we were in this park and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do something good. And I remember dropping in and jumping on this box and doing a grabbed solo to forward as like the best I could do it. And I just remember uh, laughter, <laughs> like a group of skateboarders bursting out in laughter one of them was um a pro snowboarder back in the day chris Duffy, who um we still have a chip on our shoulder slightly because i've wanted to resolve for so long i don't think it would ever happen but there was that him like he was a dick a bunch of times and it wasn't it was definitely um i can see it now like we look bad or whatever but at the same time there's only a certain amount of time before like you get older and you just need to resolve things. So I would like, I would love to talk to him one day and just let him know that I'm still rollerblading whether he, he laughs or not. I mean, we've achieved a lot through it and it doesn't matter. It's like, how do I say it? You know, it could be unicycling or um, hula hooping or whatever the hell. Like if you do something for that long, there's there's just something there you're you're still developing um something interesting and you're developing your own uh voice within a unique activity so that's i don't know one day i hope we run into each other and uh something not resolve but i would love to retell that story from my perspective i love i love honesty and when you see someone and you just remember something and you've thought about it and be like, Oh my God. Yeah. We, we look bad. Like, I don't know. Grab solos. It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Grabs, grabbing boots and stuff. Todd went through it or whatever, but a grabbed fucking solo across the box put us back probably years probably years like if he if if that group of people saw us um 7 years later and we were at like the newer skate park we would have really had our work cut out for us <laughs> because of that one grab solo must have put us back a long time so um, at the same time, that story has another great um, perspective to it that if we really just looked like a bunch of fools um, and looking ridiculous really has some pluses to it that um, I still integrate versions of that into my skating, but I try and do it more skillfully now. Um, <laughs> so made me think of that story um secondly i want to talk about uh this book that really changed my outlook on lots of things i talked about the book poke the box which got me 
stoked to start a blog. Definitely check that out if you haven't. And uh, there's this this book called A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. And he has this theory that we're coming... It was the industrial age. Right now we're in the information age, but we're coming out of it and we're going into this time called the conceptual age where creativity is going to be the most important thing above everything and it actually relates to the book put the box as well read both and see how there's similar things going on there's just a general feel so the reason this guy talks about moving from the information age into the conceptual is that we're we're in a time of, of abundance there is so much crap available to us. There's too many choices. Nothing is scarce. There's just a lot of stuff. And uh, there's these three things that he talks about. Okay, yeah, so one was abundance. There's just so much crap. So much crap. Um, on top of that, lots of things can be outsourced. Uh, I mean, skates technically are outsourced, right? They're made in China. Um, lots of like call centers and um, software. There's like programming and stuff that can be outsourced. Um, and automation, computerized stuff and robots, technology, technological processes are making jobs, certain jobs just obsolete. Um, if you think of I love how like a robotic machine sound happen. It, there's a human being probably controlling that machine, but there will be a day where actually that machine's going to be automated. That guy's going to be out of a job eventually. I wonder if he's thinking about that right now. Um, there's like the self-checkout at the grocery stores. Obviously they would need, you know, a person overlooking it or something like that. But the self-checkout at the grocery store, there's like, what, six or eight of them at the one that I went to last time. And instead of a human being, like having to go through all that stuff, you're checking out yourself. I mean, it's everywhere. You can think of it in many different ways. So there's a lot of crap. Shit can be outsourced and the robots are coming. Computers are doing lots of stuff for us. Um, so he says these we're still talking about a whole new mind. I just, I got to talk about this because it really interests me. And you can apply this to skating too. So the three, the three questions that you should ask if you ever want to start a business, and you, you have to think about like the long term here. Um, can, a, can a computer do it faster? Is what I'm offering in demand in an age of abundance? And can someone overseas do it cheaper? So he breaks down these six things that in your work, in your product, in your service, in whatever you do, and in my opinion, and it's like, you really don't have to nail the six, like you can't think about it too much, but um, if you take classic skate videos, for example, just take Hoax 2, it has these six things. So get a pen, write this down right now don't you don't even have to get the book or you can look at stuff up on youtube but i do recommend you get it but these are like the six things that i took away that i still try and think about a lot in things that i do um 
The first thing is story. Storytelling is just deeply ingrained into us. We love stories. We love hearing stories. I'm personally not a very good storyteller. Um, I, I kind of get lost on details that aren't important. I, I want to work on it over the next decade. I want to become a really good storyteller because i got a lot of good stories to tell. And when I'm really in the moment, I feel like I can tell a good story. Um, I wish there was like storytelling club or something like that. Not like Toastmasters, but I mean, even this podcast, I, I'm working on my storytelling a little bit, which is exciting because it's not something I've considered. So storytelling, deeply ingrained. Um, movies that get released, Hollywood movies, just hero's journey shit. Like they turn out the same mediocre, predictable story every time. And we love it. Well, people are getting smarter. And I mean, I like, they say, you know, Jean-Luc Godard, I think said, you have to have a beginning, middle and an end, not necessarily in that order. I like that advice, you know, that it doesn't have to have the traditional arcs or whatever, but, um, and from as long as we can remember, like people drawing art on caves before art was even a thing, they're trying to tell a story. People dancing, dancing by a fire with music, um, like tribal rituals and stuff. That was storytelling. That is like just in us. Storytelling's in us. So that's the first one. Hoax 2 had a goddamn story. Uh, it w was a bit loose, but I mean, it's simple. Uh, this is a true story of five skaters going across America. Simple. But it was, it was a story. And they did a good job of like giving you the feel of the journey and stuff. Uh, the next one is empathy. So in my mind, empathy is just a human element. You need to show that there's a human element to whatever it is that you're doing. Hoax 2, it was, it's so human. It's probably, I don't know, they just seem like people first, rollerbladers second. And that's what, for company stuff and, I don't know, people first and then whatever the hell it is second. Like, human beings. You know, oh yeah, that, that that's a person, and they do this. That interests me. Come already, you combine that with the story. You got something good going on. And again, I said you don't have to like do all of these things, but if you can make something that has all of these elements in it, and it's hard to do, right? Because you can't just like force a story. You can't force people to be human. But these are just things to consider. What makes something interesting? Uh, the third thing is meaning so important why do you do what you do why are you doing it that is such a simple does what you do does your business or does your product or whatever does it have meaning i can think of so much stuff in rollerblading that just doesn't mean shit to me uh, like a large percentage like I won't name a number, but um, it kind of relates to what I was talking about at the start. Rollerblading is just not that interesting to me. Not that interesting. There's there's a lot of false meaning in rollerblading, which I'll wait for Todd. Maybe we can expand on that one. 
Hoax Two had a meaning. There was these there was kids sending them tapes like after they released um, Mad Beef, and or no, wait, yeah, it would have been after Mad Beef and the first hoax. There was kids sending T Bone Films tapes like there was an explosion of people that were getting into rollerblading. So they were going out and they were getting it, and they were getting the the most influential dudes at the time to go across and tour. Like there was meaning. They were going out. And they're capturing this thing that was happening that was super exciting. And you can feel it in the video. So the first three, if you're writing them down, story, empathy, meaning. The fourth one, this one's so important. So important. So hard to capture. Um, so hard to uh, put out there if it's not genuine. Um, I talked about in the charging review, there's like, a part where Broskow genuinely smiles and that made me connect to the video. Oh, and he did like the, the flip thing, like the joking flip thing against the fence and everyone cheered. Play. Play is so important. I swear, I, if someone released a video of the top pros doing like dicking around and laughing and I sw the tricks wouldn't even have to be good I would not need dangerous technical tricks I would just want to make sure that they were like having fun and messing around doing what they're doing play it's so important so important I didn't rarely see play in rollerblading videos there's just this false uh veil that is just still over top of rollerblading like it has to be something it doesn't have to be anything just go out and play do like a front side and wave your arms or something like that i mean it's just that simple go out into your cul-de-sac in front of your house and just stomp up and down that's funny <laughs> just stomping up and down on rollerblades uh, I'm giving away too many exciting <laughs> trick ideas, so I'm going to stop. Uh, Hoax 2 had tons of play in it. Like, oh, maybe I was thinking waving around. Like, um, Brian Smith frontsides the rail, points at his shirt, I love Brad Pitt. That's play where it's like um, Blake O'Brien, and everyone's watching him try and grind the little plastic rail for the first time. That stuff's so important and and works with you add that in with the first three already you add that in with the story with the human element and that feeling of why they're doing it like we're already talking about something super powerful super powerful um and the next one this is like the one that rollerblading i swear it doesn't consider any of the other ones. I think, yeah. There's not a lot of story. There's not much of a human element. There's a lot of false meaning in skating. There's not a lot of play. But holy crap, do people overthink how they design things. Their videos. Um, I don't know how to say this, but I think rule blending is a... Um, a victim of like over design and overproduction 
and I wish there was more uh, remarkable design. Like I said before, I would love to be surprised at the way um, things are put together from skates to uh, videos to products or... I don't know. I actually, yeah, if Willowing just forgot about design completely and maybe add in, added in some of the other elements, would be a lot better off. Because Sean C's videos, whether you like them or not, um, they have story, empathy, and meaning. There's a bit of a play element that he's captured before. Yeah, there's been play in there. Definitely um, the part with Hayden Ball... Yeah, there's, there is play in there. I wish there was a bit more play, but, I mean, he's got a very intense thing going on. He has a design for his videos, but he if he worried about the design of the videos too much, um, they wouldn't be how they were. And, and you can have, like, a rough design for something, but if you, let, if you think about the other things a bit more, the design will come together naturally. Um, so, design's one of them, uh, like the fifth one of them, but, uh, too much design, oh man, and bad, bad design, people care about how things look way too much, way too much, which is important, but it's not, if you were to just focus on that, it's just bad, um, and then this one, this is a hard one. This is how I say. You can't just magically try and address all of these things and force them. Um, they really need to come together in a natural, uh, organic way. Um, whether it be in the way that you, you work with these elements or um, how you go about getting them. I hope you're still following me on this. I hope I'm not getting too out there. If you can just apply it to rollerblading. Um, the sixth one, finally, is symphony. When you hear an amazing song, it, it has structure and design and lyrics and there's instrument instruments and there's people that you might be attached to, you might know the background info on the band or whatever, and they're playing the instruments. And like when all that comes together, that symphony, like when the, just, when all those elements click, like sometimes you can have some elements, but it's just like, oh man, there's, I like this about it. And I like this about it. But I mean, it just doesn't come together. Like it's just, they didn't think about this or this or I would have done this and so symphony is the final one that's where it all comes together perfectly hoax 2 um it's too long of a video and it kind of has like a kind of ends on like a they just edited a lot it got kind of long um they lost some of the following Brian and Arlo and Brooke and Mike they lost some of that part way through and there's like more skating, too much skating, not enough of the human thing. And so Hoax 2 doesn't have Symphony. It does for the first little bit, but um, Symphony, 
It's important. So important. So I'm gonna just gonna name them off and then move to the next topic. Story, empathy, meaning, play, design, and symphony. And before I move on, don't think of a story as like writing a story. It can just have a, a flow and a feel to it that just feels like you're getting taken on a journey with something or someone that you're going through something. Like a story can be very simple. Don't overthink the story one. And then if you put the other ones in and you think about those, I mean, that is that is a intense um, combination of things that if you just consider that in what you do, um, I mean, you're good to go. Read the book, A Whole New Mind, Daniel Pink, and get Poke the Box. Holy, with those two, you're like ready to take on the world or something. Or, no, not take on the world, but um, you just if you're passionate about something, you can just really take that and run with it like rollerblading should have done however long ago and I don't know what happened. There's this weird thing about how like why um and I don't want to sound silly but John Elliot okay obviously he's a legend or, or okay yeah, just this word legend or whatever there are some people that deserve legend status but John Elliot okay uh, hopefully I name all of these he had clips in One Nation clips Joey he was in One Nation Wasteland big game changer for me my outlook on skating uh, Brain Fear Gone, one of the best sections of all time. Uh, and then I think it was not, was it Closer? Uncloned. He had a section, what do you believe? He really didn't do, like, if he put out as many sections as Shima did, do you know how much better off rollerblading would have been just from that one person? Um... It really sucks that, like, and th this is fun because I understand this why people don't skate anymore and they're not or they're not fully into it. But what happened? What the hell happened? Why isn't Nick Riggle, uh, Aaron Feimer is getting back into it or whatever? Um, Latimer, Elliot. Uh, any of the people in the Legends issue, Daily Bread, that Chris Edwards section, like, when people who you thought didn't skate release stuff, it's, it's just more important than a lot of the modern stuff. I don't know, it's really tough to put this in words, but there was something about, like, 
I don't know if they're pushed out of rollerblading from it becoming mediocre or I just have, it was like we put so much on, um, on Broscow and Farmer and who would it have been? Any of the Brat Pack. There's like, look at the legends in the Brat Pack. And um, rollerblading, just the industry or whatever the hell, they just had it all wrong that it should have been equal amounts, like aging dudes that still had visions and younger people with talent and like we just latched on to the younger people with talent one and it's like we're just repeating this cycle over and over again and then again I'm just like it's just like blowing hot air out because it's never going to change um but it's too bad it's really too bad that it's changing a little bit there are people who are putting the blades back on and um, just people like Sean sees how there's going to be a Feinberg section and how BJ, BJ Bernhardt had some tricks in charging. Like Pat Lennon? People are just like, oh God, it, this is just the theme of the show. Roadblending is not that interesting, and it's hard for people to want to do it if there's not a lot to latch onto into it. So, um, I just hope we see more personal visions. <laughs> I would say using the six things that I just taught you from a whole new mind. But no, they don't even have to do that. They're just interesting anyway. I hope we see more people just putting out stuff and just putting it out whether they think they suck or not why why not just go out and skate and put something together if if you know people might inter be interested in seeing it people lost their shit when they saw those like two Louis Zamora clips imagine like a full section of him with like an interview or something talking about how he wants Mike Lilly is a good one how he was gone and came back um, that there's there's people who they're not the greatest people pushing the sport doing uh, like ridiculous amazing things but it's when it's that they are doing it the people the humans there's something interesting about these guys that they need to keep doing it. They need to keep doing it. And rollerblading would be better off for it. But like I said, something went wrong, which that's a whole other show. Maybe if Todd's here, we can talk about that. Because I think we've, we've like, I've touched on it. I've talked to him many times about that. We always get into that, like, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? Um, the next thing I want to talk about is people saying but it's mostly typing that was the best blank i've ever seen wow really if we can ban that uh, phrase from the internet that would just be a lot better i think um i read that every day or every every couple days that was the best edit this year that was the best edit I've ever seen. That is the best video I've ever seen. 
I have a little bit of a news flash for everybody. Best does not exist. I've probably said it before if I said Hoax 2 is the best video. I call Hoax 2 the Bible just because it's a great reference point. Um, maybe I've said best, I don't know. But this is, this is important. Best does not exist. Many different um, outlooks and perspectives and versions of things and feelings, those all exist. But the best does not exist. People need to stop about stop thinking about making the best. They should make more things that aren't the best. They should actually try and make things that are the opposite of the best. If there was like, <laughs> that was the worst edit I've ever seen. If that got muttered more often, if people hated, not hated, but like if people people really um, didn't like, they, they had like a knee-jerk reaction to something, that's better than the best because if I read that was the best edit I've ever seen or that was the best video I've ever seen, if I read that all the time, then obviously there must be the standard of best that every edit is following. Jeez. Let's just, let's just try and ban that, please. Stop using it. Oh, okay. This is a good one. I've wrote about it, I think, in the um, write-up for our first video, Under Canadian Skies, and it relates to the story of me doing the grabbed solo at the skate park. Have you ever thought about how your parents see rollerblading? How they see your skating? Have you thought about how trivial it looks, especially if they watch a video and it's just like, like arm waving, jumping and sliding on things when there's not actually much rollerblading in it at all, which um, under Canadian Skies, I think there was some, there was gaps in things, but um, you should sit down and watch a, a rollerblading video with your parents and and be like give it to me give me your honest opinion about this or like just sit down and ask them like go out for a beer with your dad and be like just tell me like what did you think about us skating i'm sure lots of parents thought at least through the 90s and it was for lots of kids that it was just going to be a passing phase like holy shit like um putting a, a, a rail in your driveway and just sliding it over and over again for hours. There must be some um, hardwired generational difference where um, they just can't even comprehend why we would get into it. <laughs> it's so funny to think about like being really, really into rollerblading uh, when it was fairly undeveloped and not being that great at it. I know our parents, personally our parents, like um, latched onto it when there was like competitions. So there was Cat 
we went to like the Canadian national finals coming from um, sport backgrounds. Todd could have easily played um, baseball at, at a university at a professional level or basketball even. It's so funny. It's like, he's like Bo Jackson. He's good at everything. But basketball and baseball were his strengths. And I was a rep hockey player. Could have played in the WHL, which is like um step under NHL. I don't know if I would have made NHL if I would have it would have been a big sacrifice of life. Um we quit our sports at the same time, so there was something about like the competitive aspect of skating that our parents uh could really support and latch on to because um parents love they love um uh measurable solid accomplishments like if you can get um, a placing like first second or third or you can get a certificate that uh, from uh, a source that is outside of you that acknowledges that you are good at an activity that you do which is really funny too I should just start giving myself um, fake certificates or awards or something but like Hey, Dad, this, the Mushroom Million Volume 2, we won an award. Um, we won an award for from a, a film festival. And you'd be like, oh, I should watch that video again, actually. Because Under Canadian Skies is his favorite video. Must be the Dave Matthews Band song at the starting. I don't know. He. I think parents just don't get it. And that's okay. But um, why I thought about this is... I think they might have a better grasp on what would make rollerblading more interesting than we do. I think people who don't rollerblade, if you listen to them about why they don't care, there's a lot there. <laughs> it could be the same reason, like, why don't you care about... I'm so passionate about unicycling, why don't you care? At the same time, people shouldn't care. People should not care. If they're interested, fine. If not, that's okay too. But seriously, ask your parents what they thought. Because boy, did we look silly. We look less silly now because we're older and there's a bit more to it. But um, I'm sure my dad's still scratching his head over... Um, like it's been a long time still rollerblading and I said for better or for worse I could be following it or maybe it's following me guess I'll find out on my deathbed um, I'm caring less and less about rollerblading me media, um, magazines, videos, online edits. The more I watch, the more I look at, the less I care. I hope someone or something can prove me wrong. Uh, I want to talk about how I ordered some shirts from Inri 
almost two years ago, and I haven't received them. Um, if you're listening, Sean C., I would love to get those shirts. Would love to. It's been two years. Anytime. I know we've been messaging back and forth. Um, $85. Paid you. No shirts. I even ordered shirts from Revolution just because I, I thought the product was interesting and different. Um, so I still supported and represented. One important thing about supporting is if you represent and support at the same time. So I would love if you supported and represented my $85 by sending me shirts. I don't even think you would listen to this, but, um, please send me the shirts. Um, this is super important because like I said, the more I watch, the more I look at certain magazines and stuff, the less I care. I have to spend way less time with average things, average products, average movies, um, average music. I really want to get better at just um, having a better bullshit meter and making more time for um, things that I do like. Mediocre is just not going to cut it this decade. I think people are getting smarter. Um, and if you use the six things from a whole new mind, Mediocrities, um, I don't know, I don't think you can make something mediocre. But failure's inevitable, like I said. Instead of trying to make the best edit ever, maybe if you made the worst edit ever, you might be onto something. There's, there's, um, there's more success in failure, um, than there would be in just straight successes because I think you grow more from from failure and failure is just funny and interesting and puts you in a different direction and makes you think of things differently so just less average stuff because I watched the movie Paul we paid um, 20 23 bucks or 24 bucks or something like that to see it in the theater and then I got like a a kids combo which used to be like five or six bucks when I worked at the theater and then it was like nine bucks and then it and then we got like candy or something so it was like 40 bucks 40 bucks for um a mediocre movie mediocre trailers um mediocre or the goodies are always fun i have a sweet tooth or whatever and popcorn and pop who doesn't like popcorn and pop you know if you're a health nut you're missing out popcorn and pop you just have to have it sometimes but like i hate watching mediocre movies it was like 
a 5 out of 10 at the most, maybe a 4 out of 10, I can't get that time back. I can't get the time back for watching the movie Paul. I just can't. I wish I could have replaced it with like watching a, a documentary or something like that that expanded my mind instead of shrunk it. I swear, I, I swear, we left the theater and I just instantly forgot about the movie. I woke up the next, we didn't talk about it or anything because it was so bad. I woke up the next day. I don't even think I had a single thought about my experience of watching Paul at the movie theater. So consider how many mediocre things you're watching, consuming, and and think about if they're really um, benefiting you. Um, and then if you replace that time um, consuming mediocrity with creating your own stuff, whether it be a failure or not, starting lots of different stuff, trying lots of different stuff, and, and choosing the things that are um, actually remarkable to you instead of mediocre, the whole world would benefit from it. And it's a tough thing to practice. It really is. So let's make this um, next decade the least mediocre decade ever. Um, how would you skate if you never saw a rollerblading video? How would you skate? If you just had a pair of rec skates and you never saw skateboarding or snowboarding or BMXing or anything like that, and you had a pair of rec skates, and you really loved to rollerblade, how would you skate? Would you jump off stuff? Would, would, if there were thousands upon thousands, maybe millions of people that were really into rollerblading, but rollerblading was like the only wheeled activity, like let's just say bikes and skateboards, didn't exist. Snow activities. What the hell would it look like if there were people that started to do um, weird movements or tricks or whatever? I, I don't even think grinds... Like, do you really think rollerbladers would have been smart enough and creative enough to come up with grinds on their own? Would they have been smart enough? How long would it have taken for people to take out the middle wheels and start sliding on stuff. How long would it have taken for people to start building specific types of rollerblades for specific things? You really have to think about that because um, like I said, I really, th I, I really truly believe that there is so much potential in rollerblading. Me personally, I'm only scratching the surface. The technology, the equipment, only scratching the surface. The media, the path, the bubble, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's, it's just still, um, 
it's just still kind of like um like a watered down action sport it's really not that remarkable it's really not doesn't doesn't mean that i don't believe it isn't i obviously do and i'm sure there's lots of people that do but uh yeah just relates to kind of the way i started out the show I'm kind of losing energy here, um, but I think I have a point that is perfect with everything that I've um, been talking about. And I've suffered greatly with this one. Um, rollerblading really lacks a sense of humor. It really does. It takes itself way too seriously. Um, I personally have been hurt in the wrong ways over the years with all of the media and jokes and stuff. Like, do you realize how easy it is to make fun of rollerblading? Just think of the word. Just think of, like, if you didn't rollerblade and, and your best friend was like, let's, uh, let's go rollerblading. It's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> if you didn't rollerblade your friends were sitting around and said let's go rollerblading everyone would laugh it is so funny it is such an easy target to make fun of you really have to think about it in that way you can't you can't get all hurt which i have been over not but with everything like some stuff is funny it's an old joke or whatever but i mean rollerblading's funny whether you like it or not the more serious you take it um, the more ridiculous it looks, in my opinion. You can make it look serious, obviously, but I think if it had more of a sense of humor mixed with it being serious, I don't know. I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly what that would be, but holy rollerblading. You gotta get a sense of humor. The more serious we look, the more serious it looks, um, the more easy it is to make fun of. <laughs> I'll take it back to unicycling. If you watch like a, a documentary of like people sitting around being like, um, uh, we just, uh, what a, uh, just the fact that the only reason unicycling is small is because we're just not on TV enough. We just gotta get on TV and then we'll be, we'll get the respect that we deserve. Or, um, uh, I come up to a skate park with my unicycle and people judge me because I'm on a unicycle. It's just so stupid when you think about it. And don't get me wrong, I love rollerblading, but holy shit, you just have to admit, it's a really funny activity to be doing, no matter what. I don't know if it's the name. Rollerblading just sounds funny. Um, Rollerblading sounds funny. Rollerblading can look really funny. Uh, Rollerblading can look awesome. So, but you have to just think about a massive percentage of the world thinks rollerblading's funny. I would say use that to your advantage. Let that be your power. Um, and if you disagree with me, ask your parents. <laughs> Or your friends that don't rollerblade. <sighs>
Uh, I feel different. Way different than I ever have. I was editing this, uh, these old tapes from pop contests that were actually really interesting for many different reason, reasons, which, um, reasons, many different reasons, which, um, Todd and I, I would love to talk to him about that on a podcast. I gotta start writing these down, but, um, I swear when I look at my life a year ago, it's felt like five years in terms of, um, my growth as a person, two years, or like five years feels like 15 years. I don't know what, if it's time feels like it's accelerating, or um, the planet is waking up on a, on a larger level that um, more people are becoming conscious of many different things in their life. Uh, I just feel really different and the best different that I've ever like I felt the closest to myself that I've ever felt in my whole life and I even like look and feel younger than I did I don't know four three or four years ago um I just wanted to say that I don't know if other people are or not but I just feel different way different and it's a good thing. I hope more people are feeling that way too. It just, um, Todd said it or whatever. This is like the most exciting time to live in ever. There is so much potential and possibilities at our fingertips. And, um, instead of, you know, a time of fear, which it felt like we lived in for a while, not fear, but just like tension and stuff. Seems like that's all dissipating. Obviously, there's intense shit happening, but um, I'm just really realizing so many personal things that took me forever to get to this point. But it's like I swear I've had more realizations in the past year than I have in the past ten years. So there has to be something there. There has to be something there. Um, and on that note. I just want to say at the end of this podcast, episode 18, rollerblading is super primitive. What we're doing right now is going to look just as silly and just as um, funny because the possibilities of... um, of invention with them, inline skates, rollerblades, whatever you want to call them, uh, the, the technological advances that I think are going to happen, well, I know they're going to happen, but, I mean, we're in this, this, uh, cage of plastic bootness that, um, I just feel there's going to be technological advances that really push the sport art bullshit culture hilarity that is rollerblading into something completely new and different and if you don't believe me um i don't know think about like 
people riding around in a horse and carriage and then people driving around in cars or um, uh, people having um, a physical DVD library and then Netflix just like streaming movies from a crazy source think about the internet think about like um, there's just so many ridiculous things that um, sliced bread there was like a loaf of bread and then someone figured out to slice the bread and then it just becomes standard which I think sliced bread took like 10 years to catch on or whatever there's so many amazing innovations and ideas that are going to happen to rollerblading that we're going to look back at the tricks that we're doing, um, the skates that we're riding, the frames, especially the frames. Uh, and we're going to laugh and people are going to say, I can't believe people did stuff. Or they'd be like, how did they... How did they come up with, how were they even able to do tricks in those? Like, how were they able to come up with that? They might be able to take some of those things that people were trying to do and do them, s like, so streamlined and so tenfold, whatever. Um, I'm losing steam. If there was someone to to uh, go into this with, could really get into it. But just remember... Rollerblading is super, super primitive. <laughs>